Hello, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you have joined us before, welcome back. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Good morning, friends. How are you? Good morning. Okay. So I will share with our listeners that we are talking today with two of my friends and sisters, Caroline Lazara and Dini Souza who are AOPI's representatives on the FS PAC, which will be the topic of conversation today. For those who don't know, we will talk a lot about it, but the FS PAC is the Fraternity and Sorority Political Action Committee. And this is the first time in AOPI's history that we have had two women to sit as members of that board. So I am welcoming Caroline and Deanie today, but of course, Per usual, I want to first start with how you came to be AOPIs and a little bit about what brought you to this particular place. So, who's going to start? Caroline, why don't you start? No, you go. (laughs) Okay, I'll start. Um, Well, I was initiated at the Kaisai chapter at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I was a member of their third pledge class, so I was a gamma, is what they would call it. Um, I, in AOPI, uh, when I was a collegiate, I served as vice president of administration. Um, and as an alum, I've served as an NSR for Network 8. And most recently, I'm currently serving uh, for Kaisai's uh, Panhellenic Advisor. Um, I'm, I would say that I'm extremely active in my local Panhellenic because we don't have an AOPI chapter anywhere, any an AOPI alum chapter anywhere close, but our local Panhellenic is extremely active. So um, I've served in every single solitary position there is in that uh, organization. And um, I just, I really do love Panhellenic. I love AOPI of course, but I love Panhellenic because um, it's given me the opportunity to just kind of fly and meet so many new people because we all really ultimately had the exact same experience. Sure. Uh, I would say, well, my, my whole family is Greek. Uh, my husband, I met in college and he was an AGR alpha gamma rho. Um, my son was a, uh, is an SAE, uh, from Fresno state university. And my daughter is a Sigma Kappa from Cal Poly San so you have a very Panhellenic family. They are so, so, so Panhellenic. And, um, but yeah. And I guess, do you want me to tell them how I got here today? Sure. Oh, okay. Well, um, I think Andrea Dill, who is also Kai Sai from Cal Poly, she, um, approached me and said, I think you would really enjoy being on the fraternity and sorority political action committee. And I think you'd be great at it. Um, and you should consider it. And I kind of looked at her like, you want me to do what? (laughs) And, um, I, 
kind of looked at everything that was going on with PAC and realized that, you know, based with my Panhellenic background, that I really and truly believed in everything that they were doing. And, and I was all in. Yeah. Well, shout out to Andrea for that phone call. For people who don't know, she is a Kaisai. She also serves as our current foundation board president. So I am so happy that she reached out to you for that because this has been a new and fun adventure. It's taken some new turns recently, but for AOPI, and I think it's a great opportunity for us to extend our reach and our education to our women as well. And so you currently live on our West Coast, correct? I live in California, yep. Very good. I live in a small town in, well, it's not real small. It's about 150,000 people, but uh, I consider it small as compared to the <laughs> anchors on both sides of us, San Francisco and Los Angeles. So Fair enough, but that is not small in my world. <laughs> uh, well, I came from an even smaller town. I came from a town called Button Willow, which I don't know if there's any town cuter name, but uh, there were... There's 500 people in that town, and every almost every single one of them was invited to my wedding. That's so amazing. Just, you know. <laughs> that is amazing. Yes. yes. My sorority sisters, they'll laugh at that because those that went, went, they can attest that that's true. That's, <laughs> yes, yes. Caroline, you are originally from a West Coast chapter, but you now live in the Northeast. Talk That's to me correct. a little bit about um, I was you. initiated at Lambda Beta, California State University, Long Beach, uh, where my real sister was an AOPI as well, is an AOPI member. Um, she's two years ahead of me in school. And eventually I worked my way across the country. Um, I spent a number of years in Chicago, and then uh, we lived in New York City for a short period of time before we moved to Connecticut. I have had the great honor of serving the fraternity on the executive board, um, the foundation board, and two times on the properties board. The first time in the properties board, its first creation, I served for um, about 18 months. And then from uh, 2015 to 2019, I served again on the properties board. I've also worked at the um, regional level when we were back in that structure, and I've also served Network One as a network specialist of finance for about, I guess that was about three years. Um, and thanks to my great friend and sister, Lisa Neenthal, um, who was newly elected to the executive board um, in 2019, she reached out to me in the summer and said, okay, you've been retired from properties board for six weeks now. What's your next thing going to be? What do you want to do next in the OPI? And um, she suggested the Fraternity Sorority Political Action Committee as there was uh, going to be a change in representation. And I said, sure, why not? So my short-lived retirement was, was uh, truly short-lived. It was, but I cannot thank you enough for saying yes, because you had, I mean, I've known you now, you and I served together, oh my gosh, Caroline, more than a decade ago on our foundation, yes. and and of course I knew you before then, but didn't 
had not had the opportunity to get to know you before then. And I knew when you said, I am retiring because I have a sweet baby at home now. We have sweet Charlie girl. And yes. that, that that's what that meant. And yet when, when Diane Volkmer, who had previously served in this position for 10 years, had decided, you know, that it was time for her to retire, um, it, it was such a natural conversation among those people who were saying, okay, you know, who does have this opportunity and this passion and that can we capture it? And, and when your name came up, I was like, oh, she just retired <laughs> and she loves that baby girl. <laughs> well, as I've always said, um, you know, I never worry about the next thing or the next opportunity in AOPI because it will always be out there and it will always find you if you believe that it's a good match for you. So um, every time that that a term has ended or uh, or I've been termed out in a position, I've never worried about where the next place I will land because I've landed several times over. Yes, you have. <laughs> now, ladies, we are all together here. Um, well, one reason, because we should have been all together just a few weeks ago. I feel like now that was years ago, but, <laughs> but that would have been, I had hoped to do this in person while we were there because of course, with social distancing and the pandemic, we did not, but it does not negate the work of what the PAC is. So the first thing I think a lot of people know their PACs. I think they know they lobby for different things. But I think a lot of women don't know what the fraternity and sorority pack does and how it benefits their experience as Greek life members in addition to being AOPIs. So let's talk a little bit about what the pack is and does. Okay, I'll, I'll start with that. Um, many of our congre congressional leaders in the U.S. are fraternity men and sorority women and fraternity and sorority leaders have been working together for many years to build a positive presence in Washington, D.C. to help defend and enhance the fraternal experience. As part of those efforts, the Fraternity and Sorority Political Action Committee was formed in 2005. And the FSPAC exists to build strong relationships with candidates and lawmakers at the federal level and to provide financial support for their campaigns for office. Today, the FSPAC is the largest political action committee that is focused solely on higher education issues. And I am very proud to say that we are truly bipartisan and contributions to individuals, regardless of which political party they are members of, um, are made to them when they believe in the benefits and the personal growth opportunities that fraternities and sororities offer to collegiate men and women. In 2017, 2018, in that election cycle, the FSPAC made contributions to 169 candidates and 87% of them won and now serve in the 116th Congress. Um, unfortunately, due to the spread of COVID-19, all of our spring events for the FSPAC were canceled, which included our April Hill visits in DC 
and the FS Pack annual reception and dinner, which was to celebrate the 15th anniversary of the Pack. No small feat that we've been around for 15 years. Um, there also was a March 17th reception uh, for the Atlanta area donors, which had to be canceled as well. And we are hopeful that we'll be able to schedule the Hill visits and possibly other events in the fall. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see how everything pans out. As we're all waiting for our states to open up, we'll just have to wait on that. Um, the goal for our fundraising cycle for 2019-2020 is $1.4 million, which is um, a good goal to have. I, I'm not sure where <laughs> we'll turn out you know, when it's all said and done, but we'll see. Um, today, the PAC has raised uh, about 733000 so we're well on our way. Um, and I'm really proud to say that for AOPI for 2020, we have raised to date $10,775. Girls, you know that means you're going to have to keep to working. 12,000 for a second seat. <laughs> Hopefully more than that. But yeah. we can talk more about how those seats are achieved. Sure. Well, so, so Caroline, I think it's important that people understand that lobbying always has this, well, I don't want to say always, because I know some people that do it and love it, like as their jobs, right? But very often in, for people who aren't in political circles, lobbying takes on a bit of a negative connotation. We talk about the big lobbyists who control this or that. And, and in our case, we really are reaching out across Panhellenic borders to our fraternity men, brothers, friends, um, husbands, as well as our sorority women, sisters across, you know, badges, as we say, our friends across badges, to help promote the sorority experience at the governmental level. So while, while sometimes there's a negative connotation to what we do, it really is about supporting those people who understand the experience and want to help do things that support and promote it, um, which brings us to the legal part of what we do. You know, we want to seat people in office that are pro sorority and fraternity, of course, because we have found great value. None of us would be having this conversation if we had not had a good experience and if it hadn't brought really great friendships, yes, opportunities, yes, but but all the good things into our world. Um, so we want to put people in office that have control literally over legislation that help help us do that. So share a little bit with us about what the initiatives are of the pack right now because I think maybe people don't realize how they translate right back into what we are and, and how we live and work as sorority women. Well, Dini, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Okay. Well, some of the current legislation that's been recently introduced into the House of Representatives, it, there's three, three uh, legislations that are going through. One is the Collegiate Freedom of Association Act. The second one is the REACH Act. And the third is the End All Hazing Act. Um, I'll talk about the Freedom of Association Act first. Um, those are provisions that would prohibit institutions of higher education from taking adverse action against a student solely because of the, because the student is a member of a single sex organization. 
Okay, so um, stop right there. Uh huh. I.e. Harvard. Yes. Right. Exactly. Like I'll call so, them out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, no, I'll I'll call it out so that people can translate what that sentence means into yes. real world, and that is that. And and correct me if if what I know and think is wrong is that. Harvard said, if you are a member of a sorority, you can no longer be eligible for scholarships, leadership positions on campus, and then at some point to just be a student. So when we talk about freedom of association, because that statement you said was a big statement, but it was basically whether or not you can be in a sorority. Correct. Yes. So what I think is one of the things that I really found interesting related to the PAC is we have two uh, different leads on this legislation, and one is Elise Stefanik, who was not in a sorority, oh. was a member or a student at Harvard. So, and she currently is a Republican from New York and serves in the House. And the second lead on our uh, on that bill is Ruben Gallegos, who is a Sigma Chi from. He's a Democrat. And he was from Arizona. So truly bipartisan. They, you know, we don't want anybody to be able to tell us that we can't be in a fraternity or sorority. Correct. Based on the single sex, you know, organization type of thing. So, yeah, that is huge. And we're trying to get that passed. And we're we're having lots of great uh, strides in that right now. So when you say trying to get that passed, if this legislation passes, then Harvard nor anyone else can say you will be penalized for being a part of a, of a Greek letter organization. Correct. Okay. And, and the challenge there is because we are, um, like, because we are women's organizations, right? Or men's organizations, et cetera. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And then there are two other really big things happening right now for the PAC that you mentioned. Yeah, the REACH Act. So uh, the REACH Act is legislation that would require schools to include the number of hazing incidents that occurred on their campus each year as part of the institution's annual security report under the Cleary Act. So this would allow for better tracking of hazing incidents at particular schools to determine what programs might make a difference in reducing hazing. It would also require institutions to provide students with an educational program on hazing, including information on hazing awareness. So hazing hazing prevention and um, the host institution's policies on hazing. Uh, This legislation was introduced by Marsha Fudge, who is a Democrat from Ohio and a member of Delta Sigma Theta. Shout out to our friends there, because that's a pretty big piece of legislation. And given, you know, as women's groups, we so often assume that hazing does not apply to us, but but we know that it does. Whether we have experienced it in our chapters or with Panhellenic Sisters and Friends or IFC Brothers and Friends, it is it is. It is a thing, and it is something that we are working actively to combat, and to be able to have additional legislation that helps us do that, I think is a real opportunity. So I am very excited to hear more about that. And then what's the third thing happening? Well, so in, in, 
in conjunction with the REACH Act, instead of just uh, reporting those uh, incidents in their security report, we've gone a step further and we're introducing, we introduced the End All Hazing Act, which is a bill that would, would require institutions to list student organizations found to have violated the institution's code of conduct related to hazing. So um, they would have to include this information, that schools would have to include this information as part of, not only as part of their annual security report, but also put it on a web page that is accessible to all the parents and the students so that they can make better informed decisions about which organizations they would you know, feel safe to join. Um, that, in, in, that legislation was introduced by Marsha Fudge as well. So um, I think that one, you know, really sends it a message that says, you're gonna be on a website, you're, it's, you know, you're going to be on the website if you do something wrong. You're, if anybody's going to be able to access this information. So I think it's really going to keep uh, fraternities and sororities from doing some of the things that they know absolutely will get them in trouble. Well, and, and I'll just add also that it's it's not just fraternities and sororities for the, this hazing legislation. Uh, yes. This would apply to football teams and bands and the residence halls and other student organizations where we know hazing exists today. Unfortunately, fraternities and sororities are usually the headline yes. pages, you know, are the, on the front pages of the newspapers or websites or Google searches or anything like that. But we know that the hazing isn't just in fraternities and sororities. It is across campuses widespread um, and we've worked really hard with parents who have lost children to hazing incidents to work on the language of these bills what would have made a difference for them in making a choice with their child on an institution and so by partnering with those parents we've educated ourselves as well as garnering their support uh, when working with congressional leadership. Well, and, and just to be very honest, I have a young man in my house that's a sophomore. And as he starts looking, I want access to that information because I say to my son, Every time I leave him somewhere, well, right now I'll leave him nowhere. He's at my house. <laughs> but, but, you know, every time I say to him, son, make good decisions. And, and I, I mean, I have said that since he was, as my granny used to say, knee high to a grasshopper. But, and my youngest coming up, I, I do the same thing. And I, I really, as a parent, hope that at some point that sticks and that if he were ever in a situation that he would never value letters over his life but you never know and if we had information that said yes i am interested in being greek these are the chapters that could challenge your ability to live much less enjoy that experience for a lifetime I want that. So shout out to Marsha. She is she is doing all the good things. Um, I think that 
just from a very, you know, sometimes I think lots of legislation, and we see this now with things, it, it's hard to translate what that looks like in real life and how that impacts how we live. But we're talking about things that impact our women and, and their friends. And I say our women in AOPI, but certainly our Panhellenic sisters and friends, our IFC sisters and friends, our athletic friends, um, that, that these are things that impact our children on a daily basis and that could really make a difference one day in life and death. And we had a speaker at our convention this last summer and when she said, and I mean, I'm sitting there and we're all dressed up for a luncheon and I'm sitting there and she said something that just rang so similar to make good decisions. And yet her son is not with us. And I sobbed because it could so easily be so many of us. And I, anything that we can do that helps ever prevent that in the future for any parent or sister or friend or brother, I think is valuable. But when we talk about, and of course, maybe in the middle of a pandemic is not the best time to say this, but when we talk about how we help, so, so absolutely we want to support it, but, but that really comes in the form of dollars. Like, yes, we want to advocate. Yes, when the FSPAC sends out very, I say very often on occasion, there are grassroots initiatives and we can reach out to our congressmen and women and we can send emails, but ultimately money makes the world go round, right? Like you have to have it. And, and how can people give to it? How do they get well, that information? There are a couple different ways uh, to give to the PAC. Um, the easiest is to go online, and the website is www.fspac.org, um, and there is a donation tab. There's also information um, in the newsletter. There's a newsletter tab, and you can click on that tab and find the most recent information. Um, and people give at all levels. Um, so a, a gift or a contribution at a level you feel comfortable with is, is uh, very much appreciated. Um, as Crystal mentioned, we have two representatives this year. Um, so we want four. Board. And the reason for that is because we have, we raised $12,000 last mm -hmm. calendar year. We would very much like to continue to have at least two representatives and we're well on our way this year. Each seat is currently a $6,000 price tag. Uh, so when I stepped into this position, we, AOPI, we had raised um, about $7,500. And then my goal and task from the time I was appointed was to get that to $12,000, which we did by calendar year end 2019. And that's when Jeannie was asked to come on board. Um, we Which, by the way, wait, wait, but just to share, that is the first time in our history, we in this 15 years since the PAC was established, that we had done this. So that yes. is, while, while it doesn't seem like it may be a lot, this is a big moment for us. And to have two of our voices at that table is, is quite an accomplishment. So shout out to you for that. And then, of course, now we've started a new season with the new year in 2020. And we need we have a, a maximum of four spaces we can fill. So we're yes. going to give you all some friends at the table. <laughs> yeah. 
would be great. Yes. <laughs> we, we would love, we welcome, we would love to have a third person to join our little um, posse, as we call it. We have, we have a lot of fun, even outside of politics. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We check in with each other about once a week and, and, um, and have a great friendship. And I will just share uh, with all of our listeners that I, the first time I met Deanie, she was in college and I was a regional, um, uh, what, did, what were we called? Regional Public Relations Officers, our pros. And I was making a visit to her chapter and to her campus. And Deanie reminded me of this when I saw her in Washington, D.C. and introduced myself. And she said, oh, I know you. You you came and you visited us. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was 150 years ago. That was at the, uh, the convention a couple, yeah, a couple yeah. years ago in Washington, D.C. Yeah. 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 But yeah. That, was, that was the first convention I had ever been to. And I haven't been to one since. So <laughs> Get but, ready, yeah. ladies. Yeah. So we work real hard, but we also um, have shared a lot of laughs and are always thinking about what we can do better, ways that we can share information with our sisterhood. Um, we do use the network Facebook pages quite a bit to communicate information out. It's a good way to post things that are going on, whether it be the newsletter of the pack or when there were was great information um, about the lawsuits that are going on at Harvard um, when we had a couple wins there um, just we we like to use those Facebook pages and um, following the airing of this coffee talk if there are any networks that would like us to have kind of an individual session we would love to do that as well um, if there are collegiate chapters that um, would like more information about the PAC and ways that we can work together, we are extremely happy to do that. Or alumni panel Linux that would like more information. Um, the PAC does have uh, Twitter. They're active on social media through Twitter and, as I said, Facebook. Um, Twitter, it's at FSPAC. And on Facebook, it is the Fraternity and Sorority Political Action Committee all spelled out. If you want to go over and check those pages out, that would be terrific. And so I think something people should know, too, is that you don't have to be politically active to engage in this. Um, if you are not somebody that goes knocking door to door during elections, that's okay. You can still give to this and have your voice heard in a very different way. And while I know right now, particularly, this will air in May, so it is, um, you know, a lot, right? It's not, um, there aren't a lot of, of opportunities for people to have just money floating around that they can toss aside but but truly and, and people used to tease me a little bit when I served on the foundation but every dollar really does count and if we Absolutely. talked about every member we have giving five dollars you know we talk about giving up that proverbial Starbucks and and you know all of that but but it really does make a difference don't feel like you have to be able to commit to a ten thousand dollar gift to okay. be able to make a difference Absolutely, I was just going to say that you know, any amount that you give, $5, $50, $100, what whatever you have available to, to give to the pack, it, it is just a message that you're sending that says, 
I want to protect the sorority experience that I had in college. So, I mean, we welcome any amount. And I mean, don't feel, you know, uh, that yours doesn't count because it absolutely does. And there's gonna be other ways that we ask you to also help, even if you can't donate $5, $10, $100. We we have a day of advocacy that's coming up. Oh, do we know a day for that yet? I'm I'm sorry, say that again. Do we know what day that is yet? No, we Not don't yet, yet okay. because of all everything that's been happening. But sure. sometime in 2020, we're going to be asking members to participate in advocacy, and it's just it's going to be helping us, you know, find more sponsors that will help include all those separate pieces of, of legislation to go into the Higher Education Act, the package that we're trying to get passed. So, because um, each one of those, which we didn't get to, each one of those acts are trying to be uh, incorporated into the higher education package that is going through uh, the House of Representatives. So at some time, right now, you know, obviously they're all focused mainly on um, COVID packages and things of that sort, but soon they're gonna have to address the Higher Education Act and um, we're trying to get all those passed in those. So the day of advocacy, you know, watch your network page, because we will be asking you to contact your your senators and your representatives and and say you know we would like you to support these these bills. Absolutely. Yeah, there's usually a communication that comes out from AOPI headquarters as well, and it really is just as easy as clicking on the link that will be in the email. You will put in the state that you live in or your zip code. I can't quite remember how it goes, um, and it takes you with a pre-formatted language and everything and comes up with your senators and your representatives and you just have to click on form it's click 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 and it goes directly to your senator or representative you usually get an automatic message back that says we'll be looking at it um, in the coming days and I know that back in the fall when we did have this day of advocacy last year, um, I did get a response from my representative in October, and I happened to be at the FSPAC fall board meeting when we had just reviewed the list of representatives who were supporting the legislation. And in his email to me, he said, I am supporting that, but he wasn't on the list. So I, we were able to confirm his support that afternoon because he had not been um, supportive of the legislation prior. And so I said, hey, there's a mismatch. We've just reviewed this list. Here's this email. And we sent that email on um, and were able to confirm his support. So um, your, your um, participation in the day of advocacy is very, very important to us as an organization and as a PAC. Well, and we're talking about something that co- it costs nothing to you and takes less than 60 seconds to click through and click send, and it goes to your proper representatives. So I think that's pretty amazing and something we could all very easily do. Yes. Now, ladies, the most important question, are you wearing real pants today or are you in yoga pants? I'm wearing jeans. <laughs> oh, 
I'm so impressed with both of I'm you. I wore jeans every day. <laughs> I saw a meme recently that said, ladies, try on your real pants once a week. It will be a necessary thing. <laughs> I, it's just so bad. <laughs> so yes. bad. Yeah. Nice. So for people who want more information on the pack, fspack.org. Yes. And if they cannot um, find you all, you ladies individually on Facebook, certainly they can email me directly and I can create that connection. More than happy to do that so that you can get in front of as many faces as possible. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing on behalf of AOPI. Thank you for the work that you're doing on behalf of all of our Greek letter organizations. And to all of you out there listening, of course, thank you. And until next time, stay safe and be well.